I'm drinking I'm drinking a toast and jam flavoured tea. Oh. If you can believe such a thing. And I've got cashew milk in it. That is luxurious. You're like a Roy. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Roy. And speaking of the Roys, welcome back to If It Is To Be Said, a succession podcast with Anya Magliano and Harry Monaghan. We are here directly after episode one, the morning after. How are you feeling, Harry? When I was watching it, I was honestly like, this is one of the best episodes they've ever done. Really? Straight from, did you feel that straight from the off? I think halfway through, you know, when we were getting, I don't know, Logan getting them to roast, like they were just, I feel like it was like, a finale it was like incredible moments memorable moments all in one episode yeah they really delivered on all the like emotional moments all the memeable moments there were so many good quotes it was kind of like you know when I was a bit nervous sitting down to watch it I was like what if it's bad what if it's bad and we've committed to doing a podcast about it (laughs) and it's about to tank so badly but then you know when the um hearing that theme music come back on Oh, I was like, I've got like a Pavlovian dog response of like salivating at the chops and being like, I know I'm about to see some brilliant characterization at work. Yeah. And honestly, like the theme tune is one of the best in the biz and I watched it all. <laughs> Most yeah. shows I skip. Yeah. But what other shows are you not skipping intro for? Um... I White think... Lotus is, is another one. I played the White Lotus theme tune at my birthday and it had a mixed response. <laughs> yeah, well, it is anxiety-inducing, so I can understand that. I think some people were like, why are you doing... Like, this is quite cringe. This is quite cringe to do this. But I found, like, a remix of it. I found, like, a, oh. like a YouTube dubstep remix. <laughs> yeah, White Lotus is good because it is also fun to sing as well. You know? yeah. Are you going to... Shall I do it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to open a window. (laughs) Yeah. Let the laughter out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think it's funny that I asked that question. um, Which which theme tunes are you not skipping intro for? Because I think that is definitely one of the questions that I used to ask when I worked for the Amazon Prime Twitter account. It's such a corporate (laughs) question. Yeah, because you can just, I mean, it's nothing really as, as a question. Um, yeah. What, what's on your list? Well, White Lotus, Succession, and then those, those are the ones I'm happy to let play through. Um, anything else, it just depends whether I can find the remote or not. Sometimes I'll let it play through, but I'll be in the kitchen making a cup of toast and the jam flavoured tea. Yeah. I, I feel like I'll... it. I think being a weekly show as well, mm-hmm. I'm more I more likely to watch it because you've been waiting a week for it. Whereas if you're kind yeah. of just like smashing through a series, yeah. you're gonna skip it, you know. Yeah, it's like how if you're like binging like a tub of like lotus biscuits, you're not stopping you don't wanna be like unwrapping each individual packet, like you wanna have it all ready to just shove in your face. Whereas if you're having like a fancy a fancy packet of Skittles once a week, you want to relish unpacking the Skittles. Is this making sense? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my analogy would be if you're eating a packet of custard creams. Here yeah, we go. If you're just having say you're like, I'm just gonna have two. You're yeah. separating 
yeah. you're giving yeah, the yeah, yeah. middle a little bit of a s- scrape with your teeth. <laughs> if, yeah. if you're smashing through a whole packet, you're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. And that would be unhealthy. And if you're doing that, um, there are many resources to help with that sort of behaviour. Shall we get into the episode? <laughs> yeah. Um, we started as we started the whole series, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Logan's birthday. Logan's birthday. Did they say how old he was in this one? I'm not sure, but he must be old as hell now. I don't... He's father yeah, time. They... <laughs> He's timeless. <laughs> He's a timeless classic. Hey, should we introduce the concept of... Okay, let's. I'm going to quickly run the listeners through this because I think this is an important thing to have in the podcast. A few years ago, Harry and I came up with this way of defi- dividing everything in the world into three categories. One of them is zeitgeist. That is something that is relevant, it's cool, it's topical. One of them is recent nostalgia, which is something that's just been zeitgeist, but is gone. And the third is timeless classic. So we've got Logan Roy as an obvious timeless classic. Yeah. Naomi Pierce's recent nostalgia, I would say. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And uh, Stewie. Oh my What's god, he he is, is that he his is, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's such a new recent nostalgia. But a um a zeitgeist would have to be Nan. Nan Pierce's zeitgeist. Nan Pierce, Kerry. Kerry's zeitgeist. Yeah. Um anyway, that will I'm sure that will come up later in the episode. So yeah, we, we start we start with um with Logan's birthday. The vibes are awful. The vibes are awful at his birthday. Which is such a good backdrop for an episode because I feel like so much happened in this party so many character moments like it was actually completely different to the first birthday Mm. yeah um yeah because the first birthday is where it all kicks off and where you kind of see them all vying for his attention and that's where Kendall gets told that he's not going to inherit the company right is the first ever episode so here it's like a perfect comparison for how far they've come um, and how things has changed. And also, like, there are so many random people there. Yeah. I was just like, who are all these people? And if you think of... One thing that is similar is in ep- in episode one, Greg sort of awkwardly invites himself to the party, oh, right, yeah. to try and get in there with Logan. And this episode, he awkwardly invites a hinge date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a great, great starting point. I mean, I, I think like initially I was like, I, you know, I think I said in, the, in our predictions episode that I was interested in seeing like a Greg romance plot. But as soon as it started happening, I was like, I do not want to see this at all. Get yeah, a life, Greg. They've definitely gone a certain direction with Greg and Tom. Uh <laughs> We'll probably get to that later, though, because I think at first they're setting up, it's Logan's birthday, and then the kids are in some, where even are they? Some sort of grey slate mansion. Yeah, I have no idea, but I think then, at that point, obviously, they're discussing their new product, which I can't remember what the exact quote was. Substack meets Masterclass meets New York Times. Meets The Economist. Meets The Economist. (laughs) And this is testament to my sort of brain. I was like, that sounds like a great idea. And when they described it, right, because it's like a hundred experts on any field, I was like, I'd probably have a look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think 
I think they should do it. I'd sign up to a free trial for a month and then forget to cancel it and be locked in for a year, for sure. I, but I do think the... the Them coming up with what their kind of um, idea was was probably such a delicate balance of... They don't want it to be sort of laughably bad. Yeah. But they definitely have sort of bigger ideas and then scrap it because they actually don't want to start a company from scratch. Like, that's not what they want to do. Yeah. Know? And it's also like their company, they they don't have any sort of sense of originality. Like, it's all yeah. it's all cobbled together of other other things. And also, like, it's funny that their idea was all to do with, like, experts and, and other people when the rest of the episode is them, like, completely not lis- not really listening to anyone else's opinion and just going for it. Yeah, because it's not, yeah, it, for them, I mean, Roman is the most sensible in this episode because yeah. he's he's just like, can we just like maybe do our little thing? But the, Shiv and uh, Kendall just do not want to do it. Yeah, they and wa- I, sorry, you go. They want the big fish. They want the big fish. They want the big fish. They're at the buffet and they want the biggest fish on the barbecue. I do think it feels like a sad thing that Roman's being dragged back into it because you know when he's on that Zoom call, it does it is like the first time you've like ever seen Roman doing any work in like any succession episode. And it's like he's actually potentially about to find his passion. And find his voice and have his moment as like a business owner. And then he gets just sucked back into the family drama with the others who I think are like less, less about that and more. They've both got, do you know what the thing is, is that it's like, it's not really about the business for any of them because it's like they say, like Roman says, Shiv wants to get back at Tom. Kendall wants to get back at dad. So it's like, of course, that's always going to win out. No one cares about a company when you could be getting revenge on someone. Revenge is honestly top priority for everyone all the time that's my that's my ultimate opinion but i think the other priority which is i think what romans is is he wants to prove to his dad Mm. that he's worthy yeah i I think he's still he probably thinks like maybe we can just build something and then he'll respect us that's true and that probably is the thing that would work Right? Like, that is definitely the right angle to go down. Like, if they had set up the 100 and it was really good, they probably would get daddy's approval. They'd at least get, like, a, a pat on the back. But because they've gone back into the bull ring... Is that a phrase? Sounds like it should be a phrase, even if it's not. Because they've gone back into the bull ring with him. They're fucked, I think. Yeah, and I think it is also the thing, as even if their venture was... a massive success as successful as it possibly could be Mm -hmm. it still wouldn't be on the level of waystar it wouldn't be like a 50 billion juggernaut you know yeah that's so true because you see that and like you can see shiv and and kendall really want to do it they want to talk to that also i have to say from the perspective of someone who sometimes finds the business side of things very confusing to watch. I was so glad that they chose to keep it to like a very simple concept of like, they kept, they really kept doing the exposition in like a really classy way. I thought the exposition was done so well 
but they really laid it out for all the thickos like me watching where they were like, Logan is two days away from selling the company and he also wants Nan's company, but the kids also want Nan's company. And I was like, okay, I understand. I'm following. Yeah. Um, Because they just had... And just a bidding war is just timeless classic, isn't it, in business? That is timeless classic. That Um, is timeless classic. Yeah, because we... we, So we see them have that initial... that initial chat they find out about ah actually so here's a conversation that me and will my boyfriend were having last night after we watched it do you think that tom tipped off shiv about the deal with naomi pierce like on purpose to help them out or like was he trying to like ruffle her feathers about dating other people like I don't know whether whether his actions there fall into the kind of major plot of the business like buying the pierces or does it was it like more personal I really we were we couldn't figure out what he was doing it when he calls Shiv yeah and honestly I I feel like only time will tell and I Mm. think the end of the episode definitely did Give, give me some theories, um, but maybe okay. we'll save theories till the yeah. end. Okay. Um, okay. So, what happens next? Do you have the Do you have the le- the the list of what? Yeah, we yeah. Go so, with? Tom. Yeah, Tom called her, and just even the way Tom is speaking to her, you feel the tables have turned. 100%. You know, even his voice is different. Yeah, it feels like he's been to therapy. Yeah, for sure. He has real like, I've just been in therapy for three months and I think I've sorted everything out. It's like the first three months of therapy are great. And you're like, oh, my God, turns out I am going to be the best person in the world. And then it's like after like five months where you're like, oh, God, there's so much more. (laughs) There's so much more below the surface. But he's got real like first months of therapy energy of like she's been treating me badly. Uh, He he had that little glass of like it looked like dessert wine or something at the table. And I was like, Tom. Who yeah, are he's you? like, I, I've got to make this call because that's the right thing to do. I feel like, I feel like that was maybe the surface level of what he was doing. It was what 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 it was, which mm-hmm. was he was calling because that is the right thing to do in this sort of weird marriage situation they have. But then maybe under the surface, he's kind of maybe tipping her off. That is in him. Yeah, know? because it was it was a sort. of... They, he said it wasn't a business chat, but it basically was, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It basically was. So It was, but someone came over and he said it wasn't business to them because he has to keep uh, the fact that it's business secret. So he kind of got himself into a little pickle. A little pickle, he got, but he handled it very calmly. He didn't, like, eat Logan's chicken or whatever. Like, he just made a phone call and was like, this is who I am now. I'm therapy, Tom. Yeah. And, yeah, so that tipped them off. They got on a bloody helicopter, didn't they? (laughs) Simple as that. And we got another glimpse of Nan, right, who, to me, is worse than Logan. Really? Just her sort of... She's so fake. Yeah. Right? And loving the bidding war but pretending she hates it and pretending it's not about money and also i think it was back when they were trying to buy it the first time the scene that made me really not like her was when they were having the sort of champagne 
dinner party thing and the housekeeper was serving them the champagne and she said to the housekeeper like why don't you have a glass of wine like just you can just relax as well and she was like no I've got loads to do and it was just that kind of thing of wanting to be perceived as like oh the help they're actually put but there's no way that the housekeeper could actually not be completely stressed yeah nan is like a full-on diva who like is acting like a nice old lady and you know even the fact even like initially we got it when they were like got there and she was like oh actually i don't know if i want to see you anymore she was being so cheeky with that and then um also i will take a quick a quick discussion point on naomi pierce's new look what is going on with that? I was like, she looks... I didn't recognise her at first because of her sort of Princess Diana haircut. It's like someone's been watching season five of The Crown. Um, it made me think like... I don't know what her plotline is, whether she's got like sober or whatever, if she's turned her life around. But if that's what it looks like, she should get back on the drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of got the vibe she's sort of like post rehab she's sober mm. but it's also the fifth time she's been yeah. sober and post rehab 100% but and then she takes them inside that one of my favorite moments of the episode was um i think it's naomi is like oh her headache is actually okay and then she just like glides into the room nan glides into the room and is like <laughs> yes i've got it we'll just see how the headache goes what is it this is like oh fuck I should have written down the exact quote but it's like we'll see how the headache develops yeah it it is just so succession as well just sort of talking around what you're actually saying but everyone knows what you're saying anyway yeah yeah I'd love to start doing this with like going to a gig that I don't want to do and on the way being like I've got a really really bad headache I'm really ill going on stage about before I'm about to go on stage being like we'll see how it develops and then absolutely crashing <laughs> that would Getting be such the crowd a into a bidding war of laughs <laughs> that's what my shows are I split them up and it's a bidding war of laughs it's a bidding war of punchlines it's everything I do think like the way Nan I, I, I know what you mean the way Nan is like oh I don't I don't want to know the figures. And Kendall's like, well, should we just give you the figures? And she's like, no, it's disgusting. It's so embarrassing. Have one of my wines. They're like jam jars to me. Yeah. Like she is absolutely infuriating, but she has them all having to sort of beg at her feet, which is why I did really like it when Roman did his like really cutting remark of like, oh, I don't, what, what does come after eight, nine, nine B? <laughs> Um, and And that is very that is very Logan like I think they especially Shiv and Kendall when they first arrived they were sort of talking about the politics of the whole situation which is what she says she wants and she says I don't care about money Mm -hmm. but to Logan he's just like it's it's a number on a piece of paper right that's what he's said in previous series and I feel like Roman just cuts in and it's like she wants to do her bit of theatre of not caring, but you just got to give her the number at yeah. the end of the day. It's so funny as well. Like I thought it was a really, I really liked when they had like a, 
a shot of like a kind of close up on Kendall and he's like in his like weird grey like sort of feels like it looks like a waterproof fleece his like grey cap grey t-shirt in this like home that's meant to look really homely and nice and you just see this real clash of like the sort of Nan the Pierces the like meant to be more like left wing sort of friendly but like skirting around the money and then these Logan these Roy's who are all just like a bit more chaotic but feel a bit more on the surface at least yeah um and then we sort of we have Logan at the party right and he's Mm -hmm. getting wind that the kids are in the bidding war but before that one of my favorite scenes that was such a mad scene that I don't think there's been a scene like it was where he's waiting for to hear from Nan and he's getting a bit stressed he doesn't like the party so he goes for a walk with his security <laughs> guard yeah. and they go to like a restaurant mm-hmm. and he says to him you're my best pal <laughs> and the dynamic at first it seemed like some sort of weird logan play like mm-hmm. he does later with the roast me and you're like what is he going at but then you see the way the security guard is talking to him he's not really scared of him he's like very respectful and like mm. reverent reverential towards him but he he kind of just speaks to him straight up and it was an interesting dynamic because it's just this guy who's his head of security who knows all his dirt, like covered up Kendall's sort of yeah. manslaughter and is as high as he's ever going to be in the company. He's probably on loads of money. There's no, And they just have such an odd conversation. It's so weird. And like, I know what you mean. It doesn't feel like... It's 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 not like a humanizing moment where it's like Logan's being like you're my best pal and then does something nice and we're like oh maybe we do like Logan it's like he's just kind of still being weird and Logan but in a way that's even more confusing and he doesn't even really let him answer like any time he asks him a question when he's like oh are you what do you think is after this? And he's like, oh yeah, well, my parents are like, and he's just like, oh, I don't think, he just kind of speaks over him and interrupts him. Like he's not, he's not giving it a sort of chance to feel like a proper relationship in that scene. You know, it's not like an equal sharing of ideas. There's still the status there and there's still Logan sort of saying, oh, you're my best friend. But like, just, it just feels like Logan wants to just monologue to someone who will listen. And won't like use it against him. Because it is also yeah. kind of alluding to like Logan dying really. Like yeah. asking about the afterlife. And I think he, when he, st- st- when the security guard starts saying about my dad was really, it's almost like Logan was saying like, I don't want you to pretend you think there's an afterlife because I'm so old and gonna die soon. Mm. So that that that's kind of what I. But then, my one of my favorite lines was maybe he asked Logan like, "Do you think there's a life afterlife?" And he says like, "I don't know, 
but I've got my suspicions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is just so, like he's he's sort of suspicious of yeah. the afterlife. Yeah, nothing, nothing is not an attack to him. <laughs> yeah, everything is an attack to him. Also, having this conversation like on his birthday, that is just like everyone has their sort of existential crisis on their birthday, and him having it in like a really cramped booth at like a diner with like these like two like massive men just like folded into this booth I was just like it it does humanize him in a way I kind of go back on what I said but you know they didn't ham it up too much but it was nice to see I did sort of value seeing that side of Logan where you're like oh you you know you're not invincible like he knows he's not invincible re time life death but he is quite invincible re children money company so he's probably going through this like weird like crisis in his head where it's like the only competitor he has is time in the bidding war of life (laughs) we are going to get invited into the writer's room after this podcast we better (laughs) so then he gets Uh, the call and they go back right they go back to the party and he's like everyone upstairs yeah um and then this is where we get the uh Carl, do you have any jokes? Yeah. Uh, roast me. And just... It's such a Logan thing, you know. It's it's not quite bore on the floor, it, but it's just... He's putting the spotlight on people to just see what they do. Yeah, is that what you think it is? Because I, I, I was like, I don't really know why... He's doing this because it definitely is coming from a place of like anger and frustration. So is he like acting out his like anger and frustration? Or maybe does he feel in the spotlight for like the vulnerability of having your kids trying to buy you out of something? And so he's like, I need to subconsciously, at least I need to distract from this by like making everyone in the room feel so uncomfortable. But, But like they don't really bite. Except Greg. Except for Greg. <laughs> and then, oh God, it, it honestly, all their reactions were so funny. Like, Carl, Frank sort of does like a compliment, basically. Yeah. And then Jerry is just like, nah. And he yeah. just moves on from Jerry. Yeah, Jerry um, has her boundaries. <laughs> and then Greg, what does he see? He's like, Where, where's your kids, Logan? <laughs> Which is kind of going in for the jugular, but it does lack the sort of comedic touch of a roast. And then what did Logan... Logan said something about uh, Greg's gay dad, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe something about him sucking cocks or something. There was, yeah, there was something there. Which was just also, I think, Logan just wanted to roast someone back. He just wanted to... He was just ready. And do you know what? Like, that does feel, just thinking about it now, that's how all his kids speak to each other. They're all always roasting each other. Like, it almost feels like roasting is one of their, not, I wouldn't say love languages, but it's one of their methods of communication. And so he's probably stuck in this environment where he's surrounded by people who who are scared of him and don't have it in them. Whereas you see all the kids doing it to each other all the time. So like yeah. he's, he's definitely surrounded by people who don't, who don't do it. 
and can't so match him. So is that a sign that he misses them? Because I did read a thing that said, like, he misses Roman. Because in those tense situations, Roman is always sort of lightening the mood. That's in like true. A sometimes dark way. But they're, they're kind, they, as you say, they kind of all are a little bit like that. Yeah. Particularly Roman. Yeah. I think so. Did did you do you have you come up with a roast of what you would do you know what you would say if Logan asked you for one? Oh, I don't you do you have one? Yes, I've got one. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So you're Logan Roy. Give me the okay. cue line. Uh, roast me. You're so obsessed with boar on the floor, but you don't even realise that you're the real boar. Spelt B O R E as in you're boring. That's good. Is that pre-written? Yeah. Yeah. I wrote it on an on my um, notepad <laughs> before the recording. Oh, I wish I knew we were doing roasts for uh, for Logan. Oh, I thought I said it on WhatsApp. Sorry. Oh, maybe you did. I didn't see it. Okay. I haven't thought. I haven't thought of a roast. It was quite hard. It's quite hard it's... to do. You do feel for them. Because it's almost like he doesn't. He doesn't have any weaknesses. He doesn't have any vulnerabilities. He's so... Like, if you think about Logan as a character, like, what is he self-conscious about? That's so true. That is that is why he's so hard to roast, isn't it? Like, that's why I think Greg is right, is to be like, where are your kids? Like, the only thing you can really get him on is, like, not having family that, like, love... No, they do love him, but, like, you know, that sort of... Whatever that fucked up situation is... Yeah. Or you could potentially go down the avenue of his um, his friend slash assistant slash personal, whatever her mad label was to imply friend that they assi- are assistant fucking... Assistant advisor. Advisor. <laughs> but I feel like that wouldn't get to him. But yeah. Yeah, I did, I did want... To, I really wish someone had roasted him better. And it was a shame that Tom was on the phone so that he couldn't be asked to provide a roast. Yeah. Um, maybe this is a good sort of diversion to talk mm-hmm. about uh, what I'd say is the main subplot of the episode, which mm-hmm. was uh, Greg and Tom, the disgusting right. brothers. The disgusting brothers. And their arc throughout, and I think mostly Greg was sort of, this This was his arc, because he arrived at the party with this woman who was taking pictures, who... Even though it was Tom that tipped off Shiv, mm-hmm. she also did a selfie at the party, so Greg might end up getting blamed for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looked like she was filming at one point in one of the so- shots on her. Yeah. And she asked um, Logan for a selfie. <laughs> she asked Logan for a selfie. And I think this is... Um, because as soon as he arrived, Kerry came over to him and was yeah. like, you're an idiot. And at this point, I wrote, my note on Kerry is, is she succession, right? Ooh. Is she going to get pregnant? <laughs> and, uh, be, you know, be left with everything. Because I think... I think we, when we were talking about it, we were talking about the baby being left everything. But now yeah. I think she's been shown as, right, she knows what she's doing. She's switched on. 
Mm-hmm. I think she's definitely being set up as a potential succession here. In interesting, this interesting. And Greg sort of, um, he says, I'm an honorary sibling. Yeah. Right? In this, which maybe is uh, foreshad- foreshadowing his downfall and proving to be an idiot mm-hmm. like the rest of them. Right. Um, and he, sa- he says something about Marsha, like Marsha said, and... Yeah. Maybe the best quote of the episode. <laughs> She's in Milan shopping forever. <laughs> that is what we should refer to the afterlife as. That's what happens after you die. You're shopping in Milan forever. <laughs> that was that was good. And then um, I really hope she comes back in a later episode, like decked out in like all her new shopping, like all her silk scarves that she's definitely buying. I think she might, because I think she was definitely set up as a um, competent player in the game of succession, you know, in that business world. And she she was making the right moves. And for her to just sort of quietly go away, you can only imagine the sort of like free money she's been given. You know? Yeah, so true. So true. Yeah, so, so then we see that and then and then... Greg and Tom, you know, there's there's those few lines where Tom is sort of taking the piss out of him for the girlfriend's capacious bag, which I had yeah. to actually double check the definition of because I always think of the word capricious. And then I was like, oh, no, it does just mean big. Yeah. <laughs> They're ribbing her because she got a big bag. Imagine if I came in with my Patagonia rucksack. <laughs> <laughs> The laughing stock of polite society. And it's funny because you get a glimpse of like what these two have possibly been like Mm. in between series. Mm -hmm. And maybe this series opens, as we say, like Tom with his therapy language. He's almost starting to seem like he's healing. Mm. And maybe that coincides with now you kind of see him looking at Greg a bit like, you're getting too cocky, mm-hmm. you're being stupid, um, and he wants to take him down a notch, right? Because... Yeah. Greg has gets a rummage, right? What was, he... he gets a rummage, but not to fruition? Or it's, not, it's unclear whether it's to fruition. It's unclear who well, it definitely doesn't feel like she's coming and it doesn't feel like that was a concern for either of them. Um, yeah. And Tom says there's CCTV everywhere. Right? Yeah. Do you believe... Do you think that... What? How much of that do you think is true? No, zero. Zero. Yeah, because we, we see Logan at night. He's not watching the CCTV back. He's watching ATN News, right? He's watching... Yeah, which is, again, like... Tom's saying, Tom, which I think tips it off that it's a lie that Logan sits with a glass of scotch and watches the day's CCTV back, which is obviously like so silly. But then at the end of the episode, we see him with a glass of scotch watching ATN, right? So that's kind of like, I feel like that's kind of being like, yeah, he is in a way doing that, but he's watching ATN. He's like looking over his empire. Mm, That's so true. And what else is there to watch if they exist in a universe without succession? 
He's only got the news channel to watch. News and CCTV, that's all there is. <laughs> but yeah, I, I actually, I'm so surprised about... So I, I wrote, my note was that Greg has now given me the ick. Because like, I was a full Greg girl. Like that is so famous about me. Greg and Shiv, they were my two most sexual um, options for me. But like seeing Greg sort of embrace his sexuality in this weird way, because it, it does feel very mad that he would do it, like he says, in Logan's apartment. And it does feel like he's mainly doing it for the anecdote of telling Tom because he's so gassed to tell Tom. Um, and yeah. what I love is that of all the people in the whole of succession, Greg being even slightly disgusting or outrageous, he's the only one who's never allowed to get away with it. Like Tom is straight away like, what are you doing? Like, don't do that. Then he has yeah. to do the ultimate forfeit of telling Logan what he's done. Like, and whereas all of them have all done so much gross stuff in so many different ways. But of course, when Greg tries to get involved, it's like, no, Greg, you're never going to be able to do this. But it, it is also funny how he described Logan's reaction to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sort of smiled. Yeah. <laughs> and you can kind of maybe... Logan didn't actually care. Yeah. You know? And maybe I... it's a reaction to him being so upset of, like, Roman's sort of weird sexuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, now... Maybe Greg, maybe Greg is going to be succession, right? Because he fingered someone in Logan's armoury or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, but it's going to be one of those where the whole series we have wanted Greg to win. And then this series they just make Greg completely horrible, but then he wins. It was a really bad moment when he was coming down the stairs and the guy, was is it Colin, was like, we're going to have to get rid of her. And he was like, yeah. I don't want to see what happens in, what does he say? Guantanamo. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, oh, Greg, you are spineless. Like at the end of the day, you will never have a spine. Whereas it feels like Tom is growing his spine. Tom is taking his vitamin D supplements and he is growing his spine. Greg is not having his spine grown, but he's like leeching off of Tom's spine. And it feels like Greg is super into this like world of this, we're the disgusting brothers, we're getting laid. You can imagine they've been out in the town like to a nightclub like they do in like the first series where they just stand on the edge and like drink really expensive drinks. But it feels like Tom is sort of getting his head screwed on a bit tighter with the business perspective Whereas Greg is yeah. just like enjoying the sexuality bit of it. So I can't help but feel like Greg is going to maybe get left behind a little bit. Do you think Tom will always look out for Greg? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think any, I think in this world, anyone can be cut loose. Yeah. And I think if Greg is like continuing to potentially self-sabotage and then yeah he he could and even though I said the thing about maybe Greg kind of winning mm -hmm. I do also stick by I think the foreshadow of him saying I'm an honorary kid could be foreshadowing his downfall mm, interesting so because 
Yeah. Um, the kids sort of win at the end of this episode. Yeah. It just feels so short-lived. It feels so short-lived. It feels so uncomfortable. It's like you see them, that incredible scene where they push themselves up to 10 billion from yeah. seven and Roman's the, Roman's the only one who's having to try and explain how numbers work to them because you do just get the sense that they have no concept of money and it's yeah. incredibly hard to have concept of money that big for people like me where it's like I will never use that amount of money in my life and for them it's like they have only used that amount of money sort of so they have no concept of it but you get I definitely got the sense that they have probably made like quite a stupid decision spending that amount of money. It feels like they don't even really have it. Yeah, or I'm sure maybe they could get it. But their money also relies on Logan selling in the way that they think he's going to sell. So Logan still has so much power over this. Because right. right? he could change the deal in some way. Who knows? Um, and yeah, I also and that... think it kind of speaks to what we were saying earlier where Kendall and Shiv just wanted to win at all costs, whereas Roman wants Logan's respect still because he knows going to 10 bill, Logan will just be, think they're idiots. Yeah. Yeah, and he does. And when he says congrats on saying the biggest number, you bunch of fucking morons. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is just what they've done. Like, they haven't done anything clever and they haven't done anything like... Uh, sort of interesting in like the way they've done it and uh, sure I think um, Logan is still annoyed he's still like there is a part of him that is hurt and that is angry that he didn't that things haven't gone his way but it's like it feels like it's like a sleeping liger lion tiger a sleeping liger like flicking off some like flies from its face before it's about to like get up and kill an antelope like it doesn't feel like it's going to be his big problem but the way they kind of laugh when he when he says that to them and they hang up the phone, oh my god, that was so awkward to watch. Like you're like, if this is what winning is, I don't want to be in this team. Like it does not seem like fun. Yeah, um, it seems so contrived. That that I I feel like maybe like the the on, online when you see people talking about succession, mm-hmm. most people want the kids to win. Yeah. I don't. I think they're all idiots and I just don't think they should win. I really? just think they have made bad decisions the whole way through. Yeah. And I guess Logan it's... is kind of right about them, but Logan did also create them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. He's not guilt-free. And I guess it's easier. It's easier for everyone watching, I think. It's easier to relate to the kids than to Logan because Logan's in such a unique position. I have to say, well, maybe maybe this is a good segue onto one of the big other subplots of the episode, Shiv and Tom's relationship. Yes. I think I said in the predictions episode that I love Shiv always and that she's someone that I find it very easy to like. I feel like I understand her or whatever. But in this episode, like she really took a turn, I think, for like the unlikable in like a way that was will be hard to redeem. But also, what I think came across the most for me, I don't know if this is, was the same for you, incredibly well acted in a way that made me feel like the main hurt and the main driver for her actions is actually to do with like being angry at Tom and the sense that he might be seeing other people. 
and like the failing of their marriage. And like, it feels like she, the the first moment you like see a close up of her face where it's like, like she can barely contain her emotions is when they get off the phone with Na- with him telling her about Naomi. And it's like kind of unclear why. And I think she looks so like upset and like unable to hold it in. And then that provokes her to be like, yeah, I'll get a divorce straight away. And then when she comes to the flat and is like, I need my other clothes because I don't want to be confined to my favourites. Another <laughs> iconic line. Um, and she's like, oh, you're getting ripped. Oh, are you having sex with models now? Like she really like latches onto the, like, the idea of him seeing other people way more than the idea of him betraying her with Logan. At least, at least that's the bit that she's verbalizing. Like it feels like she, she really is hurt by, by that part of it, which obviously is classic given that that's kind of what she did. Um, And it is sort of Shiv's whole thing is like, she want when she gets something, she doesn't want it, but if she can't have it, she wants it. Yeah. Um, her mum talking about Logan said to Shiv, um, like he's never loved something he didn't kick to see if it would still come back, mm. right? And that that's kind of Shiv with Tom. Mm. And even at that time, you could see that that was kind of Shiv about Tom because that's when she was kicking Tom a lot. Yeah, and then Non-stop. he did. Now he hasn't come back, and she's so upset. Yeah, I just dropped my pen. <laughs> I just found that scene at the end so hard to watch. It was really upsetting for me. Like she's so she's so guarded with her emotions. She's facing away like she's not letting him see anything. You he doesn't get to see like how actually it is clearly quite difficult for her. Yeah. And so he's he's not allowed to say any of his feelings, which I've read a couple of books on relationship. No, that's not true. I've read the blurbs of some books on relationship therapy, and I know that's already bad. Like she's she's really digging the whole of their relationship to a point where it's sort of unsavable. And I have to say like that line where he goes, "Oh, if you want to list like all the hurt of this marriage." I I'm really like paraphrasing it in a bad way, but I was like, "Fuck, like Tom Tom has leveled up and like I kind of want him to list all the pain that he's been through to her like that is what he deserves and it's really unfair and that's what he wants to do as well yeah but he's not forcing it on her which is like kind of classic Tom and I was like I kind of want him to like push but when they're just on the bed at the end and when he's like I could make love to you that is that is real old (laughs) school Tom that is real old school Tom but oh my god it was so sad and you get the sense that like they do love each other and whatever their version is going to be like whatever happens to them from from now and the rest of the series like the the pain between them and especially from Shiv's part is going to can make is going to be a real motivator especially for her to I think act like particularly cruelly like I think it's only the beginning of like her being vindictive towards him especially if he gets like a super hot model girlfriend like yeah. It's, she's yeah she's a bit of a bloody liability I could see them getting back together though yeah and yeah. I can see Shiv sort of betraying quote unquote Roman and Kendall that would be interesting yeah 
in yeah. some way. I, I just think their harmony isn't going to last forever. And Shiv even said this episode that she's only thinking of herself now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that that was basically my theory. I, I think there's there's still more in the tank for Tom and Shiv. And I can see maybe Tom did unconsciously or consciously tip her off mm-hmm. and now they've won, but maybe it's Shiv who kind of backs out of this deal to yeah. get back in with Tom and Logan in some way. I would love to see the growth from Shiv of like not being really petty and vindictive towards Tom, but like I don't see a future in where that happens without some huge intervention. Like the path yeah. that she's on looks like a path to like you are going to burn all your bridges when really she needs to be building those bridges. You got to build the bridges. I think as well, Jesse Armstrong, I think in an interview has said like none of the characters ever change. Like I think he said <laughs> oh, <God>. that. <laughs> Fuck, so. it's going to be a long 10 episodes. <laughs> So, well, is there anything else in the episode we need to discuss? Is it Connor and Willa? That feels like maybe the other thing that we need to give a brief, yeah, a Connor brief and, glance at. Connor and Willa, we get kind of two main scenes, which is the first where Connor is talking about his one percent <laughs> squeezed. <laughs> Absolutely um, amazing. And then, and he needs a hundred million, right? To to not gain more, but to just keep his 1%, yeah, right? to yeah. keep him part of the conversation, as they say. Um, and then he suggests that they get married under the Statue of Liberty <laughs> with a brass band and a rapper, and we can have bum fights. Yeah, what does that mean? So bum fights is, I'd say, like a kind of early internet video company. Right. That was a sort of pay-per-view thing, maybe in like the early 2000s, where for $10, you watch a video of this guy went around and got uh, homeless people to fight. Oh, my God. (laughs) So he wants that at the wedding. I was imagining like fighting with your bum. Oh, like I mean, like running backwards with your bum towards someone and sort of shaking it around. Oh, that's awful that he wants bum fights. <laughs> the rest of it is fine. The rest of it is perfect. I'd have that wedding. Yeah, the rest of it sounds quite good, but um, she was sort of pushing back, but you feel like their wedding is going to be so funny now. Yeah, I cannot wait to see it. And I, I do feel bad because you're like you're already compromising on so much for him but it does feel like she's past the point of no return she could return she could ditch it she does she does have autonomy but you're just like oh god she probably thought well at least i'll be able to have the money to have this like quote nice wedding that she's always wanted and now they're gonna have jetpacks here's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's so funny what connor's idea of like topical impressive stuff is he would have no sense of like timeless classic recent nostalgia zeitgeist for him the zeitgeist is jetpacks bum fights statue of liberty like a rapper just he doesn't even know a rapper's name like it's perfect (laughs) yeah it is i assume we're gonna get their wedding this series yeah we Um, are we are for sure uh, yeah 
and now they've they've set they've set up a lot. I hope they um I hope they deliver on the mad wedding. Yeah, we want to see the jetpacks. Because okay. I feel like it's going to end up being some kind of compromise where it's like a nice wedding, but there is also mad stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I think in the trailer, like, they, they show a clip of it and she does look like she's at least in, like, a nice dress. But that might be all she gets. She might just yeah. get the nice dress and her blonde highlights looking looking good. Well, shall we, yeah. shall we wrap up with... Do you have any more predictions or, like, questions to, to go through? Um, we got a question on the Instagram, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we did have a question on the Instagram. Did I send it to you? Do you have it to hand? Yeah, I've got it to hand. Okay. Question, um, from Kit slash Jazz. Yes. Who would you cast as Greg's gay dad? (laughs) What? Who would you cast as Greg's Greg's Gay, gay dad. dad who we could see who got a mention and this was before this episode right mm-hmm. um um let me i would go with ian mckellen that's is that too old? He's quite old, actually. I mean, he's older than Logan. So. <laughs> yeah, that would be a huge plot twist. <laughs> um, Who would you cast? I would cast... Okay, let me think about this. I, I'm going to level with you. I've Googled gay actor... What do you think I did? How do you think I got to Ian McKellen? <laughs> Ian McKellen first on the list. <laughs> I don't recognise a lot of these names, which I think, you know, more representation, please. Yeah, what from about you. <laughs> from me. More representation, more recognising people. You know, we've talked a lot about um, White Lotus this episode. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He would. I guess he would have to do an American accent, which I uh-huh. think he can do. Um, what's his name in White Lotus? Armand from series one of White yeah. Lotus. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. That would be so good. Because um, he's great, and he's also he's in uh, The Last of Us. If you've seen that, I haven't seen that, but I have been told to watch it, and so I um, won't. We've got some questions on the Instagram as well. Let's do them. Questions in my Instagram. So. One from Ross, your friend and mine, Ross, who says, who has the best sunglasses in this app? For me, that is the only memorable sunglasses for me are Naomi Pierce's in her sort of weird revamped look. And so I guess they're the best in the sense of they're the most memorable. Um, But I have to say her look is still, it's still a miss from me. This look. Yeah, it's... It is memorable. To me, there's not a more iconic look in all of Succession mm-hmm. than the Logan Roy cap and sunglasses yeah. combination. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cap and sunglasses all day, all day. Yeah. yeah. He's, he, yeah. He epitomises what it means to, to look undercover and look chic. Um, yeah. And then um, Emily has sent me a message. 
what is the green room equivalent of a ludicrously capacious bag? Which is a question that is a riddle in and of itself. What? Say that again. What is the green room equivalent of a ludicrously capacious bag? I guess that means what? what is someone walking into a green room, like a comedy green room, with, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. make us go, that is bad to bring into this. I would say a boyfriend. If someone walks Ooh. into the green room with a boyfriend, it's like, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Leave it at the door. Leave it at the yeah, coat I, check. I, I kind of agree with that. I think... There's a, I mean, there's a lot... That would definitely get a second. Like, I, th- I was thinking an animal. <laughs> People bring dog to, dog to gig. People bring dog to gig. Yeah, and I never have liked it in my life. <laughs> you can bring a dog to gig, but you can't make it drink. That's a saying we have in the comedy industry. Yeah, we always say it behind the scenes. We always say it into the mic before anyone gets to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all our questions. Thank you for all those incredibly insightful, thoughtful uh, questions that we got this week. Um, if, as ever, we'll be posting before the before we record this week's episode. No, why have I not said this right? We'll be posting asking for questions before we record next week. So if you have any more, do send them to us. Um, or any theories or anything, we'd love to hear. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to add from you. Nothing to add. Thanks for listening. Thank um, you so much for listening. Please. Like, honestly, thanks so much for listening. Honestly, thanks so much. Harry, do you want to end with what, what was your favourite quote of this sh- of the show this week? From us. My favourite <laughs> <From> <laughs> <laughs> No, we could just do from succession. My favourite quote, I think, she's in Milan shopping forever. Yeah, that's, that's mine as well. She's in Milan shopping forever. We wish you all a week of being in Milan shopping forever. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>